Awesome. Thanks, band. You guys are really amazing. I was down the back this morning tearing a little bit because I like what you guys do. It's real cool. Why don't you give them a round of applause as they go? Awesome. Um, don't worry too much. Um, Gina said I set my alarm for 4.30 to go watch America's Cup. That is true. Um, what happened, though, is that I fell back asleep until 10 past 5 and only saw the second race. So I'm not, like, two into America's Cup this morning. Um, did anyone watch the races? Yes. See, there's a few keen people. That's good. Um, I feel like it's a very exciting time. I was talking to um, Ben yesterday about yachting, and not that either of us are good yachtsmen or anything like that, um, but there is something that is just incredibly exciting to me about just hard-out technology, no limits on money, and just racing as hard as they can. It's just, like, amazing, and I don't, I'm sorry if you don't get that, but I've, it's, it's incredible. It's real cool. Um, I don't have any puns about yachting yet. I'm going to think of them as we go this morning. Um, hopefully there's some good ones come. It'll be mean. Are you guys going all right this morning? Yeah? Uh, I really love that um, last song we did this morning, Be Our Strength. The only problem is I wasn't very good at singing it. I could hear myself singing, so I was going quieter. But, like, man, I just love um, the heart of that, eh? That we just, like, call out to God, and it's oh, so good. Um, I'm pumped for church this morning. I'm a little bit uh, nervous because last week Gina spoke um, on worry and anxiety, and I feel like she knocked it out of the park in all senses and you know, all intents and purposes, like really, really phenomenal message. And if you haven't heard it and you want to hear it, which you should, you can go on the Facebook page and find the link to the Podbean podcast and listen to it. It is, I thought, phenomenal. Um, so I'm a little bit nervous because I've got to follow up um, with something about that. Um, as you may know, if you don't know, you're about to know, we're doing a series called Hostage, um, and it's really talking about how things get into our lives that um, just wrap us up and stop us from from really fulfilling the life that God's got for us. And, and I love that, but in the Bible, it talks about how um, God's come so we can have real and eternal life, like not messing around, but we can have real and eternal life. And um, there's a, a translation that says life more abundantly, um, more and better life than we ever dreamed of. And, and I'm excited about that as a Christian, right? I'm excited that I've got God inside of, on the inside of me, and he wants me to have an amazing life. He wants me to have a life that, like, blows my mind pre-Jesus sort of thing. You know, that if I stopped and thought about the places that he'd take me and the things he'd do through me, like, it would blow my mind. And I'm excited about that. Is anyone else excited about that? Yeah? It's a pretty good thing, right? It's a pretty cool promise that God wants to do something with your life that's beyond what you can imagine. But there's this reality is that we have things come into our life um, that we, we're held hostage to, right? They get into our life and they take over and they distract us or they fill our lives up with rubbish and it stops us from really exploring that. And that's why I think this series is really cool because it, it actually brings some truth into that and says, actually, this is, this is not okay, right? This is actually something we should be sorting out and actively pushing back at and saying, nah, this is my life. This is God's call for my life. We should be getting into it. And then that's why I thought the one about worry and anxiety last week was phenomenal because I reckon that's something that does actually like, hold so many people back. There's so much insecurity tied up with it, worrying about what's going to happen next. And, and, and you sort of, like, I know this, I've seen this in my own life, that we get held back. And instead of going, yeah, God, I believe in you for everything's going to happen, I worry about what could happen and I don't push forward. So I reckon it's fantastic. And this week's one, this week's one's a ripper. It's a ripper. I'm nervous for you guys, but it's a ripper. This week we're talking about addiction. Everyone say addiction. Addiction. Is anyone here, and this is like a moment of honesty, we're all family, we all love each other, right? Anyone here who can honestly put their hand up right now, moment of bravery, courage, all that sort of stuff, and you can like straight up say, I have 
had issues with some sort of addiction in my life previously, but I'm past it now. Anyone? A few honest people? Cool. That's cool. I appreciate that. That's cool. Is there anyone really brave and say, and, and this is probably a little bit too soon, but we're going to ask it anyway. Is there anyone here who feels like they're actually struggling with some sort of addiction at the moment? I see that hand down the back. That's awesome. Thank you for your bravery. I've got news for you guys. If you didn't put your hand up this morning, you're living in denial, right? Okay. I want you to understand, and we're going to get through this this morning, that actually, even if you don't realize it, there is a very high likelihood that in some shape or form, you have some form of addiction in your life, and it is distracting you from what God wants to do through you, right? I've been addicted to stuff. I haven't done drugs. I haven't done hard drugs. I've never been an alcoholic. I've never got into hardcore porn or anything like that, but I've been addicted to stuff, and it's actually got in the way of me doing life the way God intended it. And, and it's something that we all have to get on board with this morning to understand that actually we could well be addicted. We may not have really called it an addiction, but actually there's something in there that could be holding us hostage and stopping us seeing God do what he wants to do in our life, right? Good. Okay, everyone's shaking in their seats already. It's very exciting. I'm sorry in advance, but it's going to be all right, okay? Because actually Jesus is in control and he's good. Yeah? Okay, I'm going to read you a bit of the Bible, then we're going to pray. This is um, from Isaiah chapter 44, and there's like, I'm going to read like half a dozen verses, so bear with me. Isaiah 44, starting in verse 14, it says this, He cut down cedars, is that cedars? Cedars, I don't know. Um, or perhaps took a cypress or oak. He let it grow among the trees of the forest, or planted a pine, and the rain made it grow. It is used as fuel for burning. Some of it he takes and warms himself. He kindles a fire and bakes bread. But he also fashions a god and worships it. He makes an idol and bows down to it. Half of the wood he burns in the fire. Over it he prepares his meal. He roasts his meat and eats his fill. He also warms himself and says, Ah, I am warm. I see the fire. From the rest he makes a god, his idol. He bows down to it and worships. He prays to it and says, Save me, you are my god. They know nothing, they understand nothing, their eyes are plastered over so they cannot see, and their minds closed so they cannot understand. No one stops to think, no one has the knowledge or understanding to say, half of it I used for fuel, I even baked bread over its coals, I roasted meat and I ate, shall I make a detestable thing from what is left? Shall I bow down to a block of wood? Such a person feeds on ashes, a deluded heart misleads him. He cannot save himself or say, is not this thing in my right hand a lie? Cool. Everyone's like, weird scripture. This is cool. Don't worry. We'll get to it. Let's pray. Let's pray. God, I thank you that today you're in control. God, that you've laid this word on my heart, God, as part of this series about hostage. And God, I pray that right now that people across this room would not be scared or worried that something that's happening inside their life will be added in front of everyone. But God, that we would all know in this place right now that God, you're a loving father. You want the very best for us. You want us to have life to the fullest, God. And that all you want to do this morning is come in and reveal yourself a little bit more. So God, I pray that you prepare us. God, you give me the right words to share. God, in the right heart to, to give it, and that everyone have the right heart to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Has anyone ever used Facebook here? Show of hands. So you can put your hands up for that, eh? I use Facebook. <laughs> Facebook Anonymous. Um, 
I, was, I started um, using Facebook many, many years ago. In fact, I think not long after it, it um, was first launched. And it's a great tool, right? Um, at first, I thought it was just like a Bebo or a MySpace. Anyone ever use a Bebo or a MySpace back in the day? I see those hands. Jenny, surprising. That's cool. I like that. Um, very old school social media platforms, but then F Facebook comes along, right, and changes the way that we do life, effectively. We do social networking now, guys. We don't, we don't talk to people. We don't go out and have coffee dates. We have social media to communicate. Um, and it's a great thing, you know, it lets you meet up with people online who you might have met at someone's party 10 years ago who you didn't even know and, you know, some sort of weird connection, and you have these friends on Facebook, right? Great way of keeping in touch. My mum's on Facebook. Keep in touch with her every now and then. She posts some really cool stuff, and I like that, and that's good times and that sort of stuff. So I've been on Facebook for years, um, and, and what I found, I don't know if anyone else has ever experienced this, but Facebook, after a while, for me, got a little bit dull, a little bit boring, right? Same thing every day, more updates, more shared videos, more likes, you know, who cares? <sighs> Move on from that. And then I saw something else come along, and it was called Instagram. Anyone ever heard of Instagram? Yes, oh, a few more hands go up, a few shameful hands go up, Instagram, get that. And Instagram changed my life because it was just like visual straight away. There was no boring like little sentences. Or every now and then, I don't know if you've got friends like this, and hopefully you're not a friend like this to me because I'm sorry, but there's these really long like rants that come up on Facebook, and I haven't got time for that, eh? Like, whoa. Instagram has none of that, it's a picture, look at that, that's cool, like that one, move on, and so Instagram changed my life, like social media was faster, it was visual, it was cool, I could send a photo of my feet to anyone that wanted to look at my feet, I could send a photo of my food to anyone that wanted to look at my food, and it was brilliant, right, and, and so I had this, this thing of Facebook for a while, moved on to Instagram, I got a bit of Twitter action going on, anyone use Twitter? Almost no one, eh, because no one really cares about that, um, the social media things changed my life, right? And, and about the same time, everyone else is getting on social media and it's a massive thing. I think it's like billions of users on Facebook. Hey, it's absolutely messed up how many people use Facebook. But I came to this point, and it was probably only two years ago, I think, came to this point where something just wasn't quite right anymore. I'd be on my phone checking my Facebook feed and then my Instagram feed and then my Twitter feed and then... After I finished checking my Twitter feed, I'd have to go back to Facebook to make sure that I hadn't missed anything. So I scroll through there, and oh, photos, quick, look at the Instagram. Okay, there's, there's no more photos there, that's cool. Then I get to Twitter, and of course Twitter's like constant, so there's always something new there. There's, oh, that's cool, oh, Donald Trump said something outrageous, how exciting, that's cool. And they're like, oh, oh, Facebook, go back to Facebook, and I get back to Facebook, and I look through that for a little bit longer, and I see some like pictures of cats or something like that, and that's quite good. Then I'll be Instagram again, and by then it was probably like dinner time, so I would have ripped out a photo of my dinner, my, my mashed potato or whatever I was eating that night, um, post that, and then someone would like it, and I'd be like, that's cool, and I'd send a comment and that sort of stuff. And, and what would happen is I'd be doing this, and on the other side of the table, Gina's just like staring at me like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Hello, Dave, over here. What are you doing? And, and it took me quite a, a while to get this because I'm quite slow at this sort of stuff, but... Gina was trying to tell me something. I had an issue with Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn. I don't know if anyone uses LinkedIn. We've got our own social media network at work. It's called Yammer. I don't know if anyone has the misfortune of using that. I had this thing going on in my life where my every waking moment had to be filled with my phone screen looking at someone's social media update, right? 
And it was a scary sort of thing because this was something that had started as relatively innocent to me, but I found that I'd wake up in the morning and instead of like opening my Bible app on my phone, I'd roll over and I'd be like, quick, Facebook, yep, 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 Instagram, get that, get that. And then I'd lie in bed instead of getting up and going to work, I'd be lying in bed for like half an hour, oh, I should probably get up, but I'd still be like checking my social media thing. And then I'd, I'd say, right, got to get up, I'm going to be late, so do that do the shower, breakfast sort of thing, and while I'm eating my breakfast, I'll be on my social media stuff, still haven't read my Bible by then, slack, still on social media, going, 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 and then I'll be driving to work, and I don't really use my phone when I'm driving to work, but you know, be stopped in traffic, anyone, anyone stop in traffic when they're driving to work, yeah, yeah, and I'd be like listening to the news, but I'm like, man, the news is boring, I wonder what's on Facebook, oh, so sly look at the Facebook. Oh, oh look, whoa, no way. Fortunately, I'm not moving, so I'm not like going to crash. But <laughs> Whoa. And then I'll be at work. And I'll be like, phone call from the boss, Facebook. Phone call from a customer, Facebook. You know, get on it. And I had this massive issue that was taking over my life. And I tell that story not to make you feel bad about your Facebook usage, because hopefully you've got it under control. <laughs> I definitely didn't, right? <laughs> I tell you that story not to make you feel bad, but to illuminate you, to show you that actually you can be addicted to something when you don't even realize it, right? Anyone feeling me a little bit there this morning? You're like, oh, yeah, okay, I get that, I get that. This is like the dude in the Bible and the bit of scripture I just read you. He had a bit of wood. It was something that was relatively innocent. It was just a bit of wood. He lit it and burnt it, and it cooked his food, and it heated him up. It was a good thing, right? But before long, he'd carved himself an idol out of it, and he was worshipping it. And it sort of, it, it, it sort of lays a, a basis for us this morning about where I want to go, and that we can take something that's relatively normal, relatively innocent, and then it can start to take a place in our life that is wrong. It can become an addiction, Right? I want to give you a few important things that you need to understand about the scripture before we go too far. It's not going to be a long message this morning, but I hope to the point and hope to um, hope that it comes in and it actually does something in your heart because it's done something in my heart already, just preparing it, right? A few things to note. The first one is this, that it takes all kinds of drugs to feed an addiction. So in that first verse of what I read this morning, in verse 14, it says, He cut down cedars or perhaps took a cypress or an oak, Right? The dude in our bit of scripture was not picky about what sort of wood he used to build a fire. He wasn't picky about what sort of wood he used to um, carve or anything like that. It was just a bit of wood. And the same thing goes for us in our lives. It doesn't matter what sort of drug it is to feed an addiction, right? It can be porn, it can be alcohol, it can be drug use. I'm not, not disputing that this morning. And before I go any further, I'm going to say, if you do have an addiction, you have an issue with something like that, then you need to see professional help, because I ain't no professional at that sort of stuff, right? But... For the rest of us who don't have that, you need to understand that it could be your use of text messaging, it could be the use of your phone, it could be relationships you have, it could be drama, it could be gossip, it could be all number of different things that are forming an addiction in your life and that are dangerous. And they could potentially be things that start off innocently but end up like a bit sick for you, right? So it doesn't matter what your drug of choice is, you can still have an addiction, right? Got that? Yeah, is anyone feeling like a little bit awkward yet? Yeah, I, I heard that. That's good. Okay. Practical things can become all-consuming, right? For our dude in the Bible, he had a bit of wood. It was used as fuel for burning. Some of it he took and he warmed himself. He kindles a fire and he bakes bread. It was a very practical thing, right? He warmed himself out and he cooked food for himself. No one would dispute that's all right. It's all right to be warm on a winter's night, yeah? Yeah? It's all right to cook yourself some food, Yeah? 
as long as it's paleo and healthy for you, not full of like cholesterol and all, you know, you've got to be healthy. But it's all right to use something like wood to heat yourself and to feed yourself, to help yourself be fed, right? But then it goes and becomes something that consumes his life, and instead of being a practical tool that he's in control of, it's in control of him. And at some point in that scripture, he starts crying out to this bit of wood, saying, save me. Like, how does that work? A bit of wood, what's that going to save you for? You've carved it into a little idol. How is that going to save you? A practical thing can become all-consuming. For me, Facebook, a practical thing for keeping in touch with people, for me sharing photos with my mum in Wellington about what I've been up to so she knows I'm all right, becomes something that consumes my life and messes me up. It damages me on the inside and damages my relationship with my wife, with my workmates. It, it, it restricts my ability to do stuff at church and at work, and it actually just crowds in and it takes me hostage, right? So a practical thing can become all-consuming. Something else, it's easier, this is probably like one that um, may touch a few other people here this morning, it's easier for us to see an addiction in someone else's life than in our own, right? I don't know if anyone's been sitting here this morning going, man, I know someone who's got an issue with that Facebook thing. Man, they need to hear this message. (laughs) Oh, there's a few people laughing because it's been happening, I can tell. But here's here's the kicker, right? They, this is us, know nothing, they understand nothing, their eyes are plastered over so they cannot see, and their minds are closed so they cannot understand. When you're held hostage to something, when you're being controlled by an addiction, there's no way you can begin to see that. You can't understand it because it's normal for you, right? For me with Facebook, and I'll come back to this this, um, example a couple of times. For me, when it comes to Facebook, I couldn't see I had an issue because I was just keeping in touch with people. What's wrong with that? Like, seriously, Gina, are you going to tell me I can't talk to my (laughs) mum? No, of course. (laughs) That'd be horrible. I couldn't see it. My eyes were plastered over. My mind is closed, so I cannot understand what's going on, right? And as I scroll through Facebook and Instagram photos and Twitter um, status updates and tweets and that sort of stuff, all I'm doing is continuing the rot. I'm letting myself be taken more and more hostage every day, so I'm retreating from life. I'm shriveling up, and bit by bit, I'm being taken over by this thing. And it's easy for me to look and see, oh, that person's got an issue. Oh, that guy's drinking too much. Man, he's, he's out of control. He needs to get help. That person's addicted to driving too fast. They're always speeding. Oh, that's so bad. And then I might, I might realize that I've got like an issue with Facebook, but I, it's all right. That's not an addiction. That's just Facebook. It's fine, right? It's easier for us to see it in someone else than it is in ourselves. And if that doesn't give you food for thought this morning, I don't know what will, right? Because you're probably sitting there this morning going, oh, that person over there, I know, I hang out with them all the time. They're always on Facebook. Oh, Well, they've got really bad relationships. They're addicted to getting into bad relationships. Or, even worse, they gossip. Oh, man, they're addicted to the drama. Can't get enough of it. But it's easier for us to pick on someone else and excuse what's going on for us. We can be arrogant and say, well, that person, they just haven't got their life under control. But for us, we can be blinded to it, right? So it's important to note that from the scripture. And the last one is this is that, that sort of follows on from the last one. You don't even realize what's going on. No one stops to think. No one has the knowledge or understanding to say, half of it I used for fuel I even baked bread over its coals. I roasted meat and I ate. Shall I make a detestable thing from what is left? 
shall I bow down to a block of wood? We don't stop to think about that stuff, right? You've got to understand this, that in your life, everything has a seed, right? It can be a good seed or a bad seed. Got it? A good seed or a bad seed. Um, and a good seed will grow good stuff in you, but a bad seed will probably start to grow something like an addiction in you, right? And as it grows, you don't realize what's going on. For me, I'm doing my Facebook thing. It's cool. I'm keeping in touch with people. But as it grows and it starts to have fruit, I don't even know. I don't even realize what's happening to me. But all the while, I'm getting hooked into this addiction and it's taken over my life. And it's a real important thing to watch out for. So what I want to do this morning and the simplest way possible is tell you how to get free, right? Yeah? That's cool. There's a few people here probably recognize you've got a little bit of an issue now. You're like, eh, I'm not going to make you put your hand up because that's sad. Because at the moment, it's been like jabbing you in the heart for the last few minutes. Duh. You're on that gossip, you're on that drama, whatever. <laughs> Don't want to beat you up too much. But I feel like once I realize that I have an addiction, that I know that it's easier to see in someone else's life than in mine, but I probably haven't even realized it yet but I know that I want to do something about getting free. I don't want to be held in addiction, because actually, genuinely, I know there's a lot of people here this morning who feel the same. I want God's best for me. I want my best to be for God. I want to go out and see the world change, but I know that if I'm held hostage to stuff like worry and anxiety or addiction, it ain't going to happen, right? So I want to get free. Now it's going to get serious, right? And Anna was in the prayer meeting this morning praying something about, hey, God, we don't just want to mess around this morning. We want to really get to the heart of it. Here it comes, guys. Brace yourself. This morning, there's no five-step plan to getting free of addiction. I'm sorry. That's it, man. Like, I can't say, I, I could say, I guess, I could say, what you need to do is you need to get an accountability partner, talk to that person, have a meeting every week, have a coffee, talk about it, and it'll make it all better. No, because what we need to understand is that an addiction is actually not the problem. An addiction is simply a symptom of something else that's going on. Okay, an addiction is a manifestation of what's happening in your heart. Everyone familiar with that scripture in the Bible? It says, from the overflow of the, mouth, of the heart, the mouth speaks. Everyone know that one? I'd like to reframe that. It's probably a little bit sacrilegious, but I'll do it anyway. From the overflow of the heart, your actions happen, right? You act from what's going on in here, right? The truth is that an addiction is just a symptom of something else that's going on. An addiction is not, it's, it's not the disease itself. The disease itself is something in your heart, and it's called idolatry, right? And it's where you're letting something else become a part of your life that you're putting as greater than God. Is that intense? Yeah, it is, eh? Because you go, man, my Facebook thing, my Facebook issue that I didn't want to call addiction, but I'll call it an addiction because I know now that it was not a good thing. That wasn't even just something about social media and keeping up to date. That was about something that I needed to sort out in my heart and get like completely transformed by God. It means that I was putting something in my life as bigger than God, and that's like a no-no, don't do it sort of thing, right? Real intense. And it's a little bit tough this morning because... I feel like probably a lot of us here, and this is the same with me when it got to Facebook, is I don't really want to have to deal with maybe a bit more of an issue than that. I just, you know, I'll stop using Facebook. Wow, cool, you know. I'll break that addiction. I went through this thing. I'll tell you, this is a little aside before we go any further. I went through this thing that after Jen and I started talking about how much I was using social media, I actually ended up having to go completely like cold turkey fasting off any social media and it took, I think it was three weeks, so like no social media, three weeks. And during that time, as I like really hit home that there's something going on here that 
it's not healthy, it's not good for me, um, it drags me down, it fills my head with gossip and nonsense. And I had to go like three weeks, nothing. And even now, I have to really carefully limit myself and say, I'm only going to go on social media on the weekends because I know that if I give myself anything more than that, like all hell breaks loose, you know? And it probably says, moment of honesty right here, right now, that I haven't fully dealt with stuff yet, right? There's honesty from the front this morning. We have to deal to our heart issue, right? We have to deal to this thing of idolatry in our life. And that sounds real intense. It's real full on, but we have to be able to do that to go forward. See, what happens is that um, as, as we get hooked into this thing of addiction, as we get tied up into it, then we start relying on these things to save us, right? The guy in the Bible with the bit of wood, he carved an idol out of it, and then he started crying out to it to save him. He's lit a fire, he's done his thing, and he carves it out, and he's like, save me, but it would. But it's the same for us, right, with our stuff, with our addictions, with our Facebook, save me, help me to get away from whatever I'm, I'm avoiding dealing with in terms of my relationships or um, the situations I'm in. Some, I don't know, I don't want to speak this over anyone, but some people may turn to alcohol in order to try and escape a situation that they don't know how to deal with, that sort of thing. You might be looking to porn because of something else. I heard it said um, during the week, I was watching this, this awesome podcast that I've based on my message on this morning, that um, addiction's like a little bit like a drug. You know how you talk about gateway drugs? Like marijuana is a gateway drug apparently, right? But addiction works in the same way. Is that you get a small addiction in your life, it's a gateway thing to other addictions, right? And you find yourself eventually, and I don't know if this is true for anyone here this morning, I hope it is because we want to get to the heart of it this morning, that you find yourself crying out to this thing to save you. That you're in a situation, you're in a relationship, there's something going on, you don't know how to deal to it, but you're turning to this thing to save you. You're crying out to a, a substance or a relationship or a, a, a website or, or whatever it is to save you, and you're looking to that to save you instead of looking to God who's actually bought you with a price already. How to recognize an addiction in your life is to understand what you run to when it comes calling. When my Facebook feed lights up, it's like, ooh, got to drop what I'm doing and get into that. What it is when I'm in the pit of despair and I don't know where to turn next, what am I going to turn to? Am I turning to God or am I turning to this other thing? Am I turning to my addiction? Am I letting it have control of me? Am I running to it even when I know it's not what I should be running to? That's when we know we've got something that we need to sort out in our life, right? We really do. You've got to recognize it as something that is not good, something other than God that's coming to master you and take control of your life. And really, when it all boils down to it, this is it. When you have a, a strong addiction in your life, it starts to take control of you. And it takes your life direction away from where God wants it to be and takes it to where your addiction leads. I'm going to read you a bit more of the Bible. And it's the, the, the two verses that follow on after that bit I read you before. It's verses 21, 22, and it says this. And this is where we find our answer in terms of our heart condition, right? Well, I can't solve your problems for you this morning, but I know God can, right? And, and so this, we'll, talk, we'll talk about the Bible. Verse 21 says this, Remember these things, Jacob, for you, Israel, are my servant. 
I have made you. You are my servant. Israel, I will not forget you. Now, this is God talking to us, and he's saying, actually, you're mine. I won't forget you. You're mine. No matter what this addiction is doing in your life, I won't forget you. I've still got your back. In verse 22, it goes on, I've swept away your offenses like a cloud. Your sins like the morning mist return to me, for I have redeemed you. Now, I don't know about you, but when I read that, those two verses, after thinking about addiction and letting stuff take over in my life, it is incredibly reassuring to know that God, no matter what's gone down, he sweeps away my offenses like a cloud and my sins like the morning mist, and he's redeemed me, right? Anyone hearing this? This is the hope of the world, right? It doesn't matter what's happened in your life before. It doesn't matter what's going on for you right now. It doesn't matter what you know, for addiction that you're sitting there thinking about going, oh my goodness, I didn't even know I didn't do something about this. But you have an answer in God. Every time, every moment, everything, he comes and he says, I've swept away your offense to me, your savior. I've swept it away like a cloud. Your sin's like the morning mist. And he comes in wherever you are, whatever you've been up to, and he says, I still love you. I still care for you. Those plans and purposes that I talk about for you, they're still real. Let's put this aside. Let's get on with it, right? And so all I can offer you this morning, I, can't, I don't want to offer you a five-step plan because I, I don't actually think it will touch on it, but I'll, I'll offer you this morning as an opportunity for you to do some heart surgery, if you like. Right? Because we know that in God, no matter what goes on with our addiction, with the stuff in our life, we have a compassionate, generous God that no matter what's going on will come in and heal us and make us better, right? He'll take our sickness and wash it away. He'll set us free from being a hostage and he'll release us to live the life more abundant that he's called us to, right? Just where you are when you close your eyes and, and I want you to start to think for a moment, is this me? Is there something in my life that I've been not, not paying attention to, I haven't seen it before, my eyes have been plastered over, my mind's been closed to understanding it, but in my life this morning, I see now that there's an addiction, there's something that's in control of me that shouldn't be, I'm held hostage to it, and I want you to start to talk to God about it and start to pray and start to ask him to come in. You know, I read this thing in the Bible, and it, it said this, it says, who would bother making gods that can't do anything, that can't? Even God. They can't even God. And there's these things in our lives that they can't even God. They can't even come and heal us. They can't set a direction for our life. They can't fill our life with hope and purpose. Those things can't even, um, they can't forgive us. They can't save us. They can't see our family relationship restored. Only God can do that, right? And so right now across this room, I just ask you to bow your heads if you haven't already. And just in this moment, I just, if, if you're here this morning, you're like, actually, this has touched on something in my life. There's, there's, I've become aware that there may be something in my life that may be an addiction, that, that may be taking an unhealthy place in my life, that may be taking control of me, that I'm running to when I shouldn't be. If you're here this morning and you recognize that all of a sudden, or it might be something that you've known about for, for a while, but you're like, it's just an issue, it's fine, I can handle it. But you realize now you need to sort it out. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. I'm not going to ask you to come down the front because I know that sometimes these addictions are incredibly deep, personal, painful things. And it's between you and God. But all I'm going to ask you to do is chuck your hand up where you are this morning.
and I'm going to pray that God would come in and he'd mend your heart. So see a few hands already. If there's anyone else in this room, you chuck your hands up. And just hold them up once you put it up. That's awesome. Is anyone else wants to put their hand up? That's real cool. That's awesome. We're going to pray. And as we pray, what I want you to do is believe, talk to God. It's, it's between you and God more than it is between you and me. Talk to God about it and let Him come in and change you from the inside out this morning and, and do some of that heart surgery. Recognize it for what it is, that there's an addiction that's a symptom, but actually at the core of it, your heart needs some more of God. And this is for me as well. So let's pray. God, I thank you that you are an incredibly compassionate generous God. God, that you, you've already bought us, you've paid a price for us, God, and yet you love us to the fullest. God, that you've got plans um, a plenty in store for us, God. And God, I pray right now for every person that is in this room this morning that realizes, whether it's a sudden realization or something that's been ticking over for a while, God, that we have something that's holding us hostage, that's, that we're addicted to, that's getting in the way of us and you. And God, I pray that for all of us, me included, God, right now, that you'd come in, you'd mend our hearts, God, that you'd show us the way forward where we don't have other things in front of you, God, that you are number one, that you're God Almighty, that you're the King of everything. And God, that you'd shape us from this day forward. God, you'd, you'd clear, out, clear out the trash, God, and shape us from this day forward to fulfill your plans and your purposes for our lives. God, heal us, God, because you're the only one that can. Those other things can't even God, but you can, God. You're the one and only. Amen. Awesome. Just real quick before we go any further, I just wanted to ask one more question. One more question. And that's for you. If you've been here this morning, you might have been here coming for a few weeks, or you might have just been coming along, drifting along, or it might be your first time at church ever in your life. And you want to understand what it is. You want to know this God who says, I'm going to sweep away all your offense like a cloud. I want to know this God who's going to sweep away my sins like the morning mist. I want to give you that opportunity this morning real quick. That you might have been the first time at church. You might have been coming for a while and not be feeling it. You might have been listening to my message and actually realize that, hey, I'm not where I need to be with God. Just in this moment with every person's eyes closed. So it's just you and me. I want you to chuck your hand up if that's you, and I'll pray a real quick prayer for you. If you want to say, actually, Jesus, I need you in my life more than ever. See that hand, that's cool. See anyone else? Cool. We'll just pray real quick, and then Gina's going to come. God, I pray right now for my friend who put his hand up. Father God, that right here and right now, he'd feel your presence, he'd feel your love on his life, God, that from this day forward, he wouldn't be the same, God, that you'd reveal yourself to him in an amazing way, God, that he'd feel your call on his life, he'd feel your love, God, that you'd wash away his sins like the morning mist and his offenses like the cloud, God, and instead replace all that with your love and your presence in his life, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Gina, you're up. Awesome. How good was that? <laughs> so good. Thanks. Thanks for that, Dave. That was awesome. 
Um, awesome. We're about to finish our service this morning, and I want to remind you that after this we have chocolate brownie and free coffee, so make sure you hang out and enjoy that. But before we do, we've got a couple of people we want to pray for this morning as a church, um, and the first people are Ruth and Richard Clark, and I don't know they are. Yeah, they're here this morning, and they're um, about to move to Tauranga next weekend, so we're all excited. We're going to pray that, um, pray for them as they go. So Ruth and Richard, why don't you come down the front, and I'm going to get Dave to come and pray for them. Awesome. So why don't everyone jump to your feet and reach your arms towards them. And just so you know, Ruth and Richard have been in YWAM in America, and they're going to work, do an internship and work at YWAM in Tauranga, and we just want to, yeah, pray for God's blessing and safety over them. And if you haven't talked to them about what they're doing you want to know, make sure you hit them up today, because I know they're doing real exciting things, and they're still looking for people to support them and stuff, so they'd love to chat to you about it. But yeah, we're going to get Dave, and we'll pray for them. Awesome, let's pray. If you want to reach out your hands this morning, that'd be real cool. God, I thank you so much for this awesome couple, God, that yeah, undeniably love you and want to serve you with everything they got, God. And God, I thank you that they hear a call on their life to go out and do something different um, and beyond what they've done previously. And God, I just pray now as they, they go out on this new chapter, this new part of their journey together, God, that you would meet them at every step, God, and you'd love on them, God. You'd, you'd bless them, God, with finance, God, with friends, God, with places to stay, God, just with your, your graciousness all over them, God, that, yeah, you'd, again, continue to be faithful as you always have been to them. And God, I pray especially as they do this next three-month stint, God, that you would refresh them, You'd restore them. You'd give them fresh energy, Father God, fresh vision. God, that you'd heal them from any hurt that may linger from previous things. And God, that they would come through this time, God, more in love with you than ever before, God, more aware of your purpose for their lives, Father God, and more aware of how much we love them. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So good. And we also have Sanji and Sarah we want to pray for this morning because next Sunday Sarah and the kids fly out to... Why I'm in Canberra, is that right? Exciting stuff. So we're going to get Andrew and he's going to come and pray for these guys. So once again, reach out your hands. We're yeah, excited. Awesome. Hey, church, let's just reach out to these guys. Eh? Father God, we just thank you so much for Sarah and Sanjeet. We thank you that you've traveled and journeyed with them over these many years. We thank you that uh, we as a church family could do life with them. We thank you for how you've grown them, how you've just planted a calling in their hearts. God, we thank you the way you've traveled them physically overseas and then back here to this home. But God, we are blessing them now. We are sending them out, Lord. We pray may you open paths and opportunities for them. As they go to Canberra, may you just, uh, yeah, just tear down any walls and barriers that are holding them back where their hearts have been placed to serve and live village. I pray, God, may you just fire up the kids. May you just... Uh, just plant your seed in them. May you bring up them as the future leaders, I pray, Lord. And for Sarah and Sanji, just bless their marriage. Bless them with uh, your Holy Spirit, your goodness, your grace, your love. Where they may go, Lord, may they know that we as a church family will continue to pray. We will just be lifting them up and just looking for great things in this godly couple. Amen. Awesome. So make sure you go... Um, Give Sarah and the kids and Ruth and Richard a big hug. Say bye this morning. Not Sanji. Sanji's still got another week with us, say Sanji. Is that right? Yeah? You can give him a hug anyway if you want. That's, that's allowed. Um, <laughs> so you stick to Sanji. Yeah, Sanji will be with us a little bit longer, so that's great. Um, but we've loved having you at church this morning. Just a reminder that if your kids are in Switch and they come in ice skating, we're meeting in the Switch room. Um, Probably let them get some chocolate brownie first. We'll let them have that, and then we'll go in there. Um, but, yeah, make sure you hang around today. Um, meet someone new, make a new friend. Um, get in 
get in quick because I, I reckon the line for coffee is going to be massive. Um, so I'm about to release you, so just run to the coffee. Um, but no, it's been so good to have you here this morning. Make sure you're here next week. Andrew's running for Stephen Miller. It's going to be a great Sunday. Two weeks. Was I saying that wrong that whole time? Oh, guys, I'm speaking next week. <laughs> it's going to be great next week too. Make sure you come next week. Come in two weeks' time. Just come every week. <laughs> awesome. Have a great week, guys.